name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The healing season of Great Lent begins for us tonight at this Ash Wednesday Mass. As you've had ashes put upon your foreheads, and I want to tell you something. One of the things, as Christians in the kingdom of God, we need to remember that as the ashes are put upon our foreheads every year, it is the most incredible gift from our Lord that He's given to us tonight. A most precious gift. And I don't know if we have woken up completely to this yet. We, even though we talk about it year after year, this is something particular in our culture today. In the way that we view mortality, that has gone way awry to the way that our Lord wants us to embrace the gift of mortality being right in front of our faces. You, you heard me say it right. The gift of mortality being on the forefront of our minds. For our mortality needs to be right in front of us every blessed day that we live. Walking in that great gift that the Lord puts right before us. A great gift to us to move us into Christ with a constant, intentional, and daily movement toward God. You remember, and I mention this every year, you remember the practice of the monastics. The monastics of our faith have a practice in virtually all monasteries to constantly, if not even daily, visit the bones of their beloved monastic brethren to look upon them. It is their version of having ashes put upon their foreheads because they look at what they know. And they don't know when it's going to happen, but they look upon what they know will become of them. There will be a day where the soul departs the body. Why do they do this? Does that seem, by the way, does that seem morbid to you? Our culture screams out, that's disgusting. This is what our culture screams at us. <clears throat> How is our mortality morbid if we understand the vapor that this life is and the joy and the power of the resurrection in Jesus Christ? Why do they do this? Why do they so physically keep and spiritually keep their mortality before them with this practice? They do it so that they remember that this may be the last day they draw breath. And because of that reality, every day they rededicate, they redevote themselves in a movement towards the healer of their souls. To embrace the union in a very intentional way that Christ has given them. It moves them to Jesus so that they, throughout the course of their life, will be like Jesus said when he told the parable of the ten virgins. And that they are ready not only with oil in their lamp, but with their lamp shining brightly on the moment that the bridegroom returns so that they see him. And that they know him. They're driven to our Lord by the blessed gift of mortality. The blessed ashes being placed on us 
is the same spiritual awakening. The same spiritual practice. And why is it that the church, through the wisdom of Christ, has said, place them upon the foreheads? So that our minds, that is within us, our minds are aware to move to Christ, knowing our desperate need for his life and salvation in every moment of our lives, our need for his mercy. That's why they're placed on the forehead. And when we're driven to Christ, particularly in Lent, which is such a focused time that the result is to be we live that way the rest of the year. We know that. But it's such a focused time where we're being driven to Christ in such a way. And the scriptures that we have in Mass tonight speak to two different experiences that we have with our Lord Jesus Christ that will save our souls, make, that where He will make us whole again by these experiences. The first one is this. When we press ourselves towards Christ, He's so faithful to reveal Himself when we long for Him. He is so faithful to reveal Himself to us when He reveals Himself to us. Like Isaiah, we are illuminated within by his illumination of who he is. And we see ourselves in his light. We see our brokenness and we experience godly sorrow. That godly sorrow that St. Paul talks about, the very godly sorrow that brings the soul to repentance and healing that St. Paul mentions in 2 Corinthians. And the word of God comes to us on that matter from the prophet Joel, in chapter 2. Listen to what the Lord says through the prophet. He's calling us always in this manner. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and he is merciful, slow to anger. And of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. When we turn to Christ. Our heart will produce. A godly sorrow within us. We need to talk about. What that godly sorrow is. Because it is the antithesis. Of condemnation. And self condemnation. As we experience Christ. And see the brokenness within ourselves. We will see it through his eyes. With his nature, as he looks upon the depths of our soul and sees the things that are eating us alive and keeping us restless within our spirits, the way that he views these things within us, he will share with us so that we mourn over our own souls with his heart. With his heart. And what is his heart? Remember last Sunday? I told you of the great compassion and mercy of God. And I expressed it in that story where our Lord Jesus Christ, wanting to get away from the crowd, sailed across, rode across the Sea of Galilee, and the multitude weren't done with him, so they followed him. He gets out on the other side of the boat to find this multitude of people longing to be restored because of their brokenness, calling out after him. And rather than dismiss them, it says he looked upon them and he had compassion. He ached in himself for their diminishing condition. And he ached so much that he touched them and restored them. This is the ache. This is the compassion that our Lord Jesus Christ 
has over our own soul. The depth of sin, the depth of fallenness, the depth of the results of the fall. When our Lord looks within us and sees it, this is the compassion that he has. This is the compassion he has. And he shares his compassion over our soul with us. How do we mourn over our sins? Rather than self-condemnation, we mourn with the very mourning of Christ. We weep for what was lost in paradise. We weep for the lesser condition that we're in compared to the glorious condition he wants to raise us up into. And so the prophet says, rend your hearts, not your garments. It means to take Christ's compassion that he has over you. Rend it to him. Bring that heart to him. And ask him for the experience of his mercy in raising us up out of the pit. And God, through the prophet Joel, reveals his nature to those who turn to him in this morning when he says, Return to the Lord your God. And here's his nature. For he is gracious, and he is merciful, and he is slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. This is not the God who longs to clobber. It is the God who longs to mend. It is the lost God who longs to restore completely that which is broken within us. And so in Lent by the experience of Christ, when we move towards God, this is the godly sorrow we look to experience by his gift so that we bring our hearts to him and find that healing. Secondly, from our scriptures today, as we move towards Christ this Lent, we will be given the grace of God to cast down every idol that is currently in our lives. In the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 6, listen to the words of Christ. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. Two weeks ago we spoke about the definition of idolatry and how expansive it can be in our lives. Because our idolatry is anything that consumes us more than God. Anything that we are devoted to in our lives with our time, our attention, our energy more than the Lord our God. And the gift of our mortality given with grace will bring us to Christ who will illumine for us where we've laid up treasures that are not Him. Treasures above Him on this earth that will rot away within ourselves and the things of the earth without. These things that are truly our idols that we indeed worship as we let ourselves be so devoted to these things in our lives. And once illuminated by Christ, seeing it clearly, He gives us the grace, if you can picture this, like a demolition man, he takes the hammer and lets us join ourselves to that hammer for every idol in our lives to be dashed to pieces. But at the same time, for the healing that occurs where he builds with us, he erects within us an altar that belongs only to him. An altar where we devote our entire being to him, worshiping nothing else. In other words... Christ helps us to make him our only true, authentic treasure in this life. And when Christ becomes our true treasure, 
The result is that our discontent, which comes from all the other things we worship and are distracted with, our discontent resolves into the contentment that every one of our souls has been crying out for for so long. You see, keeping our mortality before us will move us to Christ to experience his mercy because every movement toward our Lord Jesus Christ is a movement to the experience of the God who is mercy. As we spoke about yesterday, excuse me, Sunday, from Father Anthony Canaris, it's a movement from Christ who will soothe us, comfort us, diminish that suffering in our souls, and show us his long-suffering, steadfast love for us. My prayer for each one of you, and I've already begun praying it, and I ask you to pray it for me, especially throughout this Lent. I pray may the gift of your mortality so move you to Christ that as your heart joins itself so much more to his, you experience his divine healing and mercy in your lives to the end that when Lent is completed, you and I we will all together be able to voice what you will hear sung in the offertory prayer today. O oh Lord, I have cried out to you, and you have healed me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.